0: It's hard to understate how important Faith Radio is to me right now. The whole world seems to be falling away from faith. I can count on you guys
1: and unadulterated,
0: no apologizing. I just am so in tune with what you guys are doing and preaching. If this were to go away, I don't know what I'd do. It's it's a self-defense mechanism. If Faith Radio went away and I didn't support it, shame on me. Well, how can you not? You can't outgive God. Go ahead and try. And that's what I try and do. It's my duty as a Christian to help spread the word. You know, God put that in my heart. You get worn down by the news of the world and how bad things are. And Faith Radio changes that. Every day, it gives you hope. It gives you something to... Uh, To hope in to pray for and it's soul cleansing it helps clear out all the bad stuff that people try and tell you all the negative stuff all the wrong stuff you know all the demonic stuff all that that, that people try and get you to believe is okay now no it's not okay (laughs) it's not okay if you're in a bad mood listen to faith radio for a while and the Holy Spirit gets flowing through you and it changes, changes for the better.
1: I love hearing that faith radio is important to you. Hearing God's word, good teaching, getting trained and equipped, having fellowship along with a laugh or a smile every day is a great testimony to what happens each day on faith radio. Jesus is the reason. He is sovereign over the bad news that we hear every day. He is our light, our hope, our confidence. Yeah, I would have to agree. I don't know what I'd do without faith radio. Come to think of it, I'd also be unemployed. Ah, the blessings just keep rolling in. So when you hear that God has prompted you and you agree with what you just heard, it is your moment to give. So thank you. It is a gift of obedience and joy to give from a cheerful heart. It is just what God loves. Thank you for being there for us and with us. Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. This is a special fundraising encore presentation. You can give at MyFaithRadio.com. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. And if you just joined me uh, this hour, I've got Dr. Andy Scuddinger in my studio, and he is a psychology professor. So I think it's quite appropriate um, that we have a psychology professor <laughs> uh, for this hour because I think we could all use one. So I know you're not a counselor, you're a teacher, a professor, but nevertheless, sure. I, I love the way you can uh, help us break down some of the feelings, thoughts, and uh, anxieties that we have throughout our day. And I know that right now there's a lot of people that are going through um, issues, uh, depression, uh, anxiety, fear, all of that stuff. So we can touch on some of that. But I'd like to talk a little bit about what it's like when you have a bad day. I mean, maybe not project too far out into the future, but when you really, at the end of the day, realize, you know, I've had a really bad day
2: yeah that um i can empathize with that i've had a bad day um, <laughs> and i'm not gonna lie listeners i had a i had a crummy day there's just a bunch of weird stuff you know everything from something popped up at work that was kind of unpleasant uh that was uh, like directed against me um whether intentionally or unintentionally that was that was not pleasant my a family member went to the hospital today and is apparently going to be fine but still my wife's car didn't start it was dead so mm-hmm. i had to Change afternoon plans and go home and rescue the Subaru from from something. I don't know. Not sure what. So, yeah, what do you do with a bad day? I think a lot of people, many of us, operate after a bad day like, well, now everything is, is ruined, right? The rest of my dinner is going to be bad. My evening is going to be bad. And this, this is the worst. And it's easy to get into this cycle of starting to think about all the other bad things that are going on. You know, there's, there's war, you know, there's, there's a lot of bad things. politics, right? Yeah. There's, there's that virus going around still, right? There's, yeah. and then we can cycle into that stuff. And I think it's really important for us as, particularly as Christians to not allow, not make the choice to go down that, that road of instant misery. Like all of those things that happened to me today, we can f- I can find something positive about them, and that I think, is a mindset that takes practice and cultivation to develop. Mm-hmm.
1: So we should all have in our memories, Philippians four eight, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Yeah. So in the midst of a bad day, Andy, I think we have uh, a place to always go. And if we have a verse like that memorized in our heart and we could uh, pull it up and the Holy Spirit can bring it to our minds when we're starting down a train track that's taking us to a bad place. Absolutely. And so, so much of our
2: daily lives and so much of our individual emotional content is dependent on our individual choices. Mm-hmm. I... I was just talking with some students the other night about a particular subject. Um, I went to a, a Bible study for like sixty guys, and there were four of us faculty who were invited to come and talk about a specific topic. And one of those things led into how do you how do you change your mindset about things? And students afterwards in a Q and A were like, "Okay, so how do I do that? Right? How do I how do I change a pattern of my life that I've found to be very negative and, and unhelpful?" And it's honestly, it's, it's just like any other habit that you want to change or develop. It takes a plan and then it takes practice and then it takes repeating it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it also means, and we've talked about this together on the show before you choose one thing to work on and change, not, not five things. So, you know, if I had a bad day and five things came up and they were all my fault, I can't, I can't choose five things. Like now I'm going to fix all that stuff because I know <laughs> it's all bad about me. Right? right. We we don't have the capacity to, to do that. And so, we have to pick the one thing and then we have to, to make a plan and, and actually activate it and, and do it over and over again. And so for our context today with, you know, like how to handle a bad day, it's developing a mindset of of positivity. Um, and I love that verse you shared. And I thought of one on my way in here, which is Philippians. You said Philippians 2, right? I said Philippians 4, 8. Yeah. Well, well, this is weird. So I'm going to read there 6 and 7. Verse 6? Okay. Because, yeah, you know, do not be anxious about yeah, anything. Right. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so I like this verse because the first, what, six words? Do not be anxious about anything. I've told that to students many times. And they're like, well, that's easier said than done. Well, well yeah, of course. Read the rest of the verse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes those small prayers of, okay, God, I'm I'm feeling pretty crummy. Help, help me out, right? What do I, what do I do? Or how do I respond to this in a, in a, in the right way, in a wise way and developing a mindset around that of, of, a, it becomes a practice like, okay, something crummy happened to me. How do I handle it? How am I going to think about it? What kind of plan of action am I going to create to alleviate whatever pain and suffering I have from it? And how do I do that each and every time I run into to conflict or, or problem? And
1: I think it takes time to build up, but it I definitely think it works. Mm-hmm. I love Psalm 16, starting in verse 5. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lots secure. Mm. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think of, Lord, you are my portion and my cup. Yeah, Yeah. I might be having a bad day, but I know who is my portion in my cup absolutely there are
2: tons of verses about anxiety and fear mm-hmm. and all of them seem to say the same thing in the end hey don't don't be anxious don't be fearful don't be insecure because god is on your side and you are always always in his hands and that i think that's that's part of our I think it's a huge part of our Christian mindset that we have to develop is any problem that we have, no matter how bad it is, we we just have to simply remember and remind ourselves it's it's God's problem too, and He's the one that we need to rely on to solve that problem. It doesn't mean we can just sit back and be like, Oh, well, I've had, you know, this happened and now I've I've prayed about it, so therefore it's gonna be good.
1: Mhm.
2: Um that's that doesn't work either. You have to do something about it too.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think if you trust the Lord for the outcome and say, I want, you, Thy will be done. Sometimes yeah. we, we quickly say, I'm in the middle of a bad day. This is, uh, Lord, how you can make my day better. Uh, please, <laughs> please cooperate with my timeline and my yes. agenda. Please give me what I want and then <laughs> I'll have a great day. Yeah, you said it more bluntly than I did. Yeah, I, I, I've gotten in trouble for being blunt a few times. Yeah. Not everybody appreciates directness. That's okay. I do. So, um, I keep my eyes always on the Lord, it says in verse 8, with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Yeah. How about that for if you're having a bad day? I I like that one a lot um, because it helps us,
2: again, helps us develop a permanent mindset of grit and resilience, which I think are... Very, very important for parents to help begin to instill in their children mm-hmm. um, that your kids can grow up and be able to in a sense roll with the bunches mm-hmm. um, i'm a I'm a big believer in teaching kids how to fail by by letting them fail and allowing them to go through hardships you know if your if your son or daughter is on a sports team and they're not getting playing time. Your, your job as a parent is not to go to the coach and say, hey, my kid needs some more playing time. I think it's our job to say, well, what do you need to do differently? Are you practicing hard? Are you, do you have a flaw in your game, for example, sure. that, you're, that you're not working on? That maybe the coach has said, well, if you stop turning the ball over every time, mm-hmm. I'll play you more. Well, that's not fair. You know, it, Are we teaching our kids to say, well, what can I do about it? And therefore, they grow into adults who say, well, what am I going to do about it? How can I, what part of this belongs to me and what part am I going to fix? And I, I think in when you're an adult, it's harder to do that because as adults, it's harder for us to develop new habits and skills. It's a lot easier for kids to
1: do that. <laughs> it's one disadvantage of being yep. an older person. You don't change as easily. <laughs> yeah, Andy, though, isn't it a blessing when there's a child under age 18 that suffers a hardship and you can shepherd them through the disappointment? You can walk them through what it's like to to experience it and just to know it's not the end, um, that you can be part of that experience. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'll get like a little nerdy
2: here. So I teach lifespan development and there's a guy who's, he's long deceased now. His name was Lev Vygotsky and he came up with something called the Zone of Proximal Development. Yeah, and it's pretty nerdy. Yeah, it's totally nerdy. You're losing but me. It sounds cool, though. It right? does. It's like the whoa, zone of proximal guy? development. Who, who's this guy? Right. Yeah. It, it sounds like <laughs> something that you drive a boat through in the ocean and don't come out of. It, right. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> Lev Vygotsky's like, "No, you fool! That's not what I was talking about." Um, but it's the idea that we we put kids in education. You you let them, you give them something to learn, just past the limits of their experience and knowledge, so that they have to try it and try to solve a problem, for example, with a little bit of adult or expert guidance. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it causes us to say, well, I, I, can, I can try this and I can do this. And the, the attempt of learning is heightened by the social learning. So he was a big into social learning. And I think we can do this with our kids to teach them about how to handle adversity. We allow them to get through it as much as they can on their own with a little bit of guidance before we just say, okay, here's what you have to do. You know, if a, if you're unhappy about a grade, for example, as a kid, and they say, the teacher was unfair, I don't think it's good for us as parents to go right to the teacher and say, hey, my kid said this grade was unfair and I want you to fix it. Well, what does that teach your child? It teaches them that adversity is a problem that someone else has to solve for you. Mm-hmm. When you tell your child, well, have you talked to your teacher? Did you ask teacher, what you did wrong and what you can improve on. Well, no. Okay, I want you to do that first before I get involved. It's those types of things that help us learn with a little bit of guidance, with that zone of proximal development. Let the child try something that's not going to harm them, but that they
1: can learn and grow from. That social learning is incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. Dr. Andy Scudinger is my guest, and we are talking about how God is with us every uh, minute, every second of our life. And aren't we glad he is, especially when we're having a bad day. And if you are having a bad day, we just want you to know that we love you and we know that uh, God will get you through whatever it is you're going through. It's been a bad day in uh, parts of the world and there's a lot of uh, tension about uh, what's going on in Ukraine right now. And a listener sent me a message saying, do not fear appears 365 times in the Bible, once for every day of the year. How true is that? We'll take a little break. We'll be right back uh, with Dr. Andy Scudding in just a minute. Ha This is a special fundraising encore presentation. You could give at MyFaithRadio.com. If you're having a bad day, that is the kind of music that cheers you up. That's Joshua Bell playing his violin. That's pretty good stuff. I, no, it's really good stuff. You. Here's another behind-the-scenes look
2: at radio. Yeah, we're. You know, we were headphones in the studio, and I'm pointing at my ears, looking at Bill, like. Mouthing, I like this stuff, like two seconds before the mics go on. That's how that's how I roll in the radio <laughs> station. <laughs> See, my day is already much better. It is, isn't
1: it? You've had a bad day. Dr. Andy Scudiga is my guest. He's a, a psychology professor at North Central University right here in downtown Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we were talking about having a bad day. And sometimes uh, we have to realize that uh, even if you've had a bad day, you wipe your feet on the mat and you go home. And you go, yeah. all right, it was a bad day. And you leave it there. Not to overthink it, and just to know that God is with you and will never leave you or forsake you. And he will uh, be there for you, whatever kind of day you've had. Amen. Amen. But what about, uh, Andy, when someone other than you is having a bad day, and they come to you and they say, Andy, I'm having a bad day. (laughs) Because we we get that often. Yeah. And how are we best uh, to handle that situation?
2: Well, the best way to not handle that situation is pretend you're on a phone call um, or just be like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, wow, that's that's tough. And then, hey, listen, I got to go, right? That's that's the not way to do that. Okay. Um, I, it's, it's tough because the right way to handle that, I think, is to put everything down and allow that person to share with you what they're feeling, how they feel, and not try to correct the problem for them or immediately offer solutions. Mm -hmm. That's, and I've learned this through years of being married, right? I am, when people tell me problems, my natural inclination is to try to come up with solutions immediately. Like, oh, like, well, you should tell him this, or you should do this, or you should do that. And my wife helped me understand that a lot of people really don't want that response. They want to be listened to. So thank you, Bethany, for that. And I, and I think it's absolutely true. It's the best thing that we can do is listen to people, let them tell their story without any judging or any commentary. Just let them finish because sometimes that cathartic process of explaining it is is helpful in itself. Mm-hmm. And then you can also empathize. That's another great thing to do. Just simply say, "Yeah, that's too bad. I'm sorry that happened." Even though it's not your fault, it's okay to apologize or be sorry for someone. Like mm-hmm. one of my one of my coworkers today. Uh, Weston, Weston, I know is not listening right now. He's busy working, I think. But, um, I told him something crummy that he's like, I'm so sorry that happened. And I felt better. Like just hearing him say that, that I understand that wasn't so great for you. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's an easy thing that we can do. Now, what do we do when we don't have time? Like I, I got to go to a meeting in like five minutes. I don't have time to tell you it's, I think it's perfectly okay. And we have to be humans with one another about this to tell someone, I'm so sorry you're having a bad day. I can't talk to you right now. I'll be back in an hour. Can we talk about it then? That's a great thing for people to do too. Without you let them know I care about you. I want to hear about what's going on, but I I can't because we do have work obligations. You know, if you're going to go meet with your boss, you can't be like, "Well, hey boss, I can't show up right now. <laughs> I'm dealing with Mike's problem over here." That that doesn't work. You know, we have to be realistic about these things.
1: So, when we encounter someone We have to obviously be listening Mm -hmm. and sometimes it involves suspending our history with that person. Yeah. Because if you said, I forgot an important document at work, uh, when I got to work, I'd forgotten it. And I know in your history, you have done that 25 times, (laughs) you know? So how much of that do I say, Andy, I can't believe you're telling me that again. When are you ever going to stop being forgetful? Yeah. That's not very helpful. No. But but there's some raw truth to that, right? There Um, is. Because I know your history. Yeah. Right? Um, and then when do I say, uh, I got a verse for you? And, <laughs> and you know, yeah. sometimes that's perfectly timely. It's yeah. always relevant and appropriate. But sometimes from a discernment standpoint, it isn't always uh, timed well. Right. That's tough. Because you want, you're trying to
2: be helpful. Very helpful. Yeah. Right? And hey, let me let me give you something that will fix you. That's kind of the message. Like... I know you've got this problem. Here's a verse that'll solve it for you. Mm-hmm. I, I would be, personally, I'd be really irritated if somebody did that, especially if I didn't know them well enough. Mm-hmm. Like, if we weren't really close, I would be like, whoa, what is with the Bible judgment here? Seriously? <laughs> you're going to throw a verse at me because I forgot something? That's not But they'd not be cool. so well-intentioned. Sure, It doesn't, doesn't matter. So- it doesn't matter because perception for most people is reality. I perceive you, so let's we'll just be you and me. So I did, I forgot the paper. You're yeah. reminding me for the 25th time that I've forgotten something, mm-hmm. and you threw a Bible verse at me, and we're coworkers, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at you, Bill, like... We're friends, though. Really Come on, man. We're friends, right? Yeah, but that's that's unnecessary. You didn't have to do that to me. You didn't have to tell me that that way. Okay. You know, it's like, you know, the like the old YouTube thing, the Jesus juke, right? Like, oh, if I throw a verse on there, then it proves that I'm right, and I can I can tell you... How to solve your problem? Oh, okay, and I think that rubs people. Even if it's well intentioned, if if I perceive you to be attacking me or threatening my character or you know trying to knock me down a peg, if I perceive that, it's it's in some ways it's irrelevant what your intention was. It's how I receive it, mm-hmm. and I think that's a that's a huge part of of communication. You know, like in marriages, to understand how one another communicate like that, or with coworkers or good friends. Understanding those patterns of communication, like I don't like it if you try to tell me something like that right as it happens, but maybe later when we're in a calmer space, we can have a conversation like that. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be really careful with what well-intentioned advice comes off as. uh, We have to be careful what our well-intentioned advice looks like to the receiver because they might take it in a really negative way and it can
1: damage a relationship, I Mm -hmm. think. Does that, make, does that make sense? It makes a ton of sense, but then you're you're also assuming that people will have a skill set that enables them to have that giftedness yeah. to give you what you need in the, in the, in the moment, where right. sometimes their instant response is, well, I know what the answer is for me, and mm-hmm. that is God works all things together for good to those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Right. So if I were to share that with you, that should satisfy you because you're a believer, I'm a believer, and but it might not be timed properly. Right. Yeah. Timing is, is
2: so important with communication, isn't it? It is. You know, you could have a great, great piece of advice or a message or a verse for someone who you know would probably really need it and benefit from it. But if you catch them at the wrong time, it's, you might as well put a finger in their eye because <laughs> that's what it kind of feels like, mm-hmm. right? You know that, you know, the verse about, well, you know, take the, Take the speck of dust out of your own eye before, out of my, How I got it all mixed up. Boy, that was terrible Bible work. That's all right. You know which one I'm talking about? I do know. Listeners, you all know what I'm talking about, right? Take the speck out
1: of your own eye. No, wait, take the, take take the plank out of your own eye. Yes, Yes. take the plank out of your own eye. the speck out of someone else's eye. Yes. Yeah, right. Right? And
2: sometimes that plank is so big we can't see it and, you know, we've gotten kind of used to it and we don't think about it anymore. Yeah. That's another psychological thing, right? You've had that thorn in your side for so long, you know, you become habituated to it. You don't even notice it's there anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about having a bad day, and and I know many of us have had plenty of bad days, and hopefully we don't dwell on them. Hopefully we uh, give it to the Lord and say, all right, Lord, you helped me through another day. It was not a great day, but you were here with me, and you sustained me and kept me, and I'm going to give you thanks and praise. Um, And sometimes... You just need uh, arms around you. Sometimes you just need someone to sit and listen, Mm -hmm. Um, say nothing. Sometimes if if you show up and shut up, a friend has done you a great favor. Totally. Just they shared some space and presence with you.
2: Yeah. And um, I think something that people have to be careful of too is hugging. Now You have to be a out there like, what? Hugging? What are you talking about? I
1: have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Sure you do. Well, and we're coming up against the break, too. You should probably save the hugging comment for after the break. Oh, let's talk hugging
2: when we come back. Yeah,
1: that'll give you a few more uh, minutes to think about it and then give me a couple minutes to maybe talk you out of it before we come. (laughs) Maybe Uh, I'll come and give you a hug, Bill. No, 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 no no need for that. All right, Dr. Andy Scudding is my guest. and We're talking about having a bad day, but there's always bright uh, good news ahead. We'll take a break and be right back. This is a special fundraising encore presentation you could give at myfaithradio.com. Drive time, drive
0: time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. Yeah. What's for dinner? Yeah. It's the afternoon show We're
1: back with Dr. Andy Scudia and we are talking about when you have a bad day. And it's always nice to know that um, they're just a bad day. Yeah. And you're gonna probably have lots more of them. And God is with you throughout every one of your bad days. And you can just take all these circumstances from your bad day and present it to Him and say, This didn't go well for me today, but here they are. I turn them over to you.
2: Yeah. And, you know, for some people, that's really easy to do. And for others, it's really hard, right? I've, I've talked to people before who are like, I have a hard time giving things up to God mm-hmm. because I am a person who wants to fix all my own problems. I don't need help. And I feel like it's a weakness if I say, God, help me out with this. And they feel like I'm just, I'm not strong enough to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a, that's another one of those kind of false messages we get from society. Like, you know, the flip side of what I was talking about earlier, you know, we, we're, we should be teaching kids grit and resiliency. At the same time, we, we have to make sure that we're teaching our children that they can't do everything on their own and they do need to rely we do need to rely on God, on Jesus, on the Holy Spirit, on all, on all the
1: whole, you know, the whole Trinity, right? They each play a different role in this, mm-hmm. in how we handle adversity in our lives. And when you solve a problem or you have a set of circumstances as a younger person and you work them out on your own, hopefully with the guidance of your parents, they don't step in and solve a problem. That's critical in your frontal cortex development. Yes. I mean if you just have everything done for you, you're going to uh, not have that frontal cortex fully developed until you're in your mid 20s. Yeah. It's very yeah. important to do some critical thinking and have consequences that you have to deal with on your own. Absolutely. You you're hitting
2: the nail exactly on the head. Yeah, that um yeah, that 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 frontal the executive function is is located in that prefrontal cortex and yeah, it's not fully developed until you're 25. And college students love to hear that because they're like, I can call my parents to say, yeah, see, I, I got a D in that class because my prefrontal cortex wasn't fully developed yet. And am like, no, that, that's not how it works. That's why you're in school now. So you can make mistakes like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really important for us to have that, that ability, that decision-making ability, be as sharp as it can be before our brains are fully developed. So we make it concrete. Right. Mm -hmm. It's your brains are pretty plastic when you're growing up and you learn things like that. And it creates these neural pathways that become habits and regular behaviors. And you want to instill the right kind of behaviors and the right responses to these things in kids and teenagers and then in young adults.
1: Mm -hmm. Andy, when you uh, have a bad day, usually it's not just a 24 or 12 hour period. Usually there's a lot of stuff that's connected in your past that has uh, that prop that prompts up. And if you forgot documents this morning, like you did and you didn't have a great day, is there something in your brain that says, Oh, Andy, here you go again. You forget stuff all the time. You can't remember stuff and you find yourself kind of beating yourself up over stuff like that.
2: I, I don't do that anymore. Oh, good. I'm not a self maturity. I'm (laughs) yeah, it only took like 45 years. Um, I'm not much of a self flagellator. Good. I don't beat myself up a whole lot. Um, because I learned a long time ago that that is just counterproductive. It just doesn't help me. When I was a kid, I would do that a lot. I would just kill myself inside my head for making mistakes, you know, like for, for forgetting an assignment. I forgot a lot of assignments when I was in middle school. I got in trouble a lot for mm-hmm. not doing my homework. You know, the teachers are like, we know you're capable of doing this, but you've got to do the work. You know, it was that type of stuff, and it just drives me nuts. And I would just beat myself up. And I honestly, I don't know how I learned that. I think it was just maturity over time. Like, mm-hmm. just stop, stop doing that. I don't, I don't need to do that. And it takes, that's why I said earlier, it takes a practiced mindset when, when you make a mistake or you've forgotten something or you've done something that you've done 50 times before and you say, why do I keep doing that? Right. There has, we have to practice a, a mindset and a mentality of how we're going to combat that in a positive way. And when you recognize self-talk that's negative, you beat that down with positive Mm self-talk. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that, but I'm okay. And it's going to be okay. Nobody's going to die because I didn't bring this document to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I forgot earbuds this morning. I was doing a phone interview with someone for something, and I wanted my earbuds, and I was super annoyed by that. Like, how did I forget that? But, it, you know, I decided about 10 seconds after that, well, okay, it's done is done. I'll talk on the phone like a normal person and hold it to my ear. Not a big loss, right? Not a big loss. But I could be on myself all morning about that. But I choose not to because I know it's a fool's errand and it Mm -hmm. does me no good. The earbuds aren't going to appear because I've been hard on myself. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change the situation. And the person I'm talking to, they're not going to care
1: or even know the difference. They don't care. Yeah. So what does it matter? right? Yeah.
2: And so I got over it rather quickly, but yeah.
1: it's so, hard. Yeah. Andy, did you have a normal routine this morning? Did you have your quiet time? Did you spend time with the Lord? I know you, you said you've had a, a bad day. Um, did you have your normal routines this morning? I your did. normal spiritual disciplines? Mm-hmm. Did you spend time in prayer and Bible study and all that?
2: Yeah. I pray on the way to work every day. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's now, some might say, "Well, how can you drive double? You know, dual. You shouldn't do two tasks at once. That's that's fair, um, but it works for me, and it's it's a great way to start my day because you know we have two kids to get to school in the morning, dog to feed, breakfast to eat. Doing that at home is is not a great time. Yeah.
1: Do you talk out loud in the car when you're driving? I do, do you pray out loud.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yep. I figure it's safer to do that than the
2: burrito, cigarette, coffee, cell phone woman I saw one time on thirty five. I am not making that up. That is a very real thing. And if I was a more dangerous person, I would have taken a picture, but I couldn't. Yeah. That really happened.
1: Yeah. I've always heard that, you know, if you really want to get a good, to have a good discussion with somebody is to be in motion. You know, sometimes you walk, Mm -hmm. go for a walk. Conversation is always easier. You know, I sometimes have my better ideas in the shower. There's there's the motion of water coming on me you know, there's movement, there's motion. And so sometimes just driving in the car is a great time for me to think and to pray and to reflect and just have some quiet time.
2: Absolutely. I, I really enjoy, I enjoy that time. It's valuable to me. It's something that I don't forget. Like I never get in the car, get halfway to work and be like, Oh, I forgot. I don't do that. Yeah. I just don't. And it's it's a great time. I'm not, I'm not in a hurry. You know, it takes a while for me to it takes like 20 25 minutes for me to get to work every day. Mm-hmm. So it it works out beautifully and I I talk out loud the whole time and I find it to be a great way to start my day. I pray for wisdom. I pray for how do I, you know, if I'm teaching that day, which is 4 days out of the week, God give me wisdom, help me to say things that you want me to say. Help me to handle things the way that you want me to handle them. You know, Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. I don't pray mm-hmm. the same thing every day because that, get, that gets boring, too. I mean, you can you can just kind of say things by rote memory, and mm-hmm. it, it means a lot less when you do yeah. that. So I, I'm not a big fan of, like, whole prayers that you say the same every day, but mm-hmm. certain little prayers. Um, and mindfulness psychology backs this up. You know, so for, like, people who aren't Christians who just say something like, "be be calm, my heart, or something like that, it's... It's been proven that those little mantras, those little sayings, mm-hmm. those those kind of like mini meditations can be yeah. really helpful yeah. to just calming you down and kind of getting centered, not in a self-centered way, but just getting back to your normal equilibrium. Yeah. That can be really helpful.
1: Yeah. If I'm walking through the grocery store, I will see somebody and I will just say in my mind, Jesus, bless bless her, bless him. Yeah. Um, protect them, uh, help them. Usually just little short... Tiny little prayers. That's pretty cool. Well, they'll they, never know. They will never know. But I am glad that when I've left the grocery store, that I've I've blessed in my spirit, in my heart, uh, several people. And you know, sometimes you see people and you just flat out feel sorry for them.
2: Oh yeah, like the car that I passed on the way here. Yeah. Some guy was spun out backwards in the ditch and yeah. was just standing looking at his car like, why did you do this to me? Yeah. You know, and I thought, oh, man, I feel bad for that guy. I've been there. That's a bad
1: day.
0: Yeah. And when that's I, when worse I see than a, an day.
1: ambulance or something, I always pray. Yeah. I always instantly pray that that person in the family and everything else will be comforted and the mm-hmm. great physician will be present and helpful. And I pray that it, this might be a, a moment of uh, coming to faith in Christ. You know, you never know what people are saying if they're in a life and death situation. Oh, absolutely. In their heart.
2: And when we do things like that, it improves our own
1: mood too.
2: I agree. And that again, this is a scientifically backed thing. When we think positive thoughts, when we when we pray for other people, it's it's just like helping somebody up that you've knocked over. It's. It's good stuff, right? And it only makes us, it makes us stronger, happier people when we're doing things for others. It, it, and scientists, you know, they like to point at the stuff and they're like, "Well, you know, evolutionarily, we've developed these ways of thinking." It's not; it has nothing to do with evolution. It has to do with being Christ-like. And looking out for others, and that that helps us. And you know, when you start doing things altruistically for your own benefit, then it's not altruism anymore, mm-hmm. right? Then it's then it's become self centered. We have mm-hmm. to be careful with that. But
1: the things that you're talking about, Bill, are are not only helpful for the other person, but they're they're good for they're us he- too. They're helpful for me. So when you have a bad day, Andy, well, tell me about the constructive ways that you can process your day. Obviously, we all want to change the way we feel. If you feel down, you might think to yourself, well, if if I have a bowl of ice cream, it'll change the way I feel. (laughs) I mean, there are certain things you can do that might be not helpful. Yeah. Um, But if you were to say, I've not had a good day, but I'm going to go walk two blocks uh, and just get some fresh air. It's cold out in Minnesota, so I can't stay out long, but I'm going to go for a little bit of a walk. That changes the way you feel. You're always looking to change the way you feel, and you can always do that with prayer and with fellowship. Absolutely. Uh, but also, there's a tendency of having destructive things happen. So how do you, Andy Scottinger, process uh, a bad day? I,
2: I tend to think about the good things that I have. You know, I think about like my my All wife and my kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think about the good things that I have. I mean, if I really need to do that, if I'm really feeling pretty crummy, which honestly for me is is pretty rare. I I am I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm one of those people that's generally quite positive about almost everything. But I do have bad days sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. like today, and so I I have to think of what are what what are the good things that I have in my life. What can I be thankful for that I do have. I didn't have a good thing with X today or Y this afternoon, but that's okay because those things are transient. They go away, right? I mean, everything bad that happened to me today that I didn't like, almost all of that has been solved already. A lot of those problems, they take care of themselves Mm -hmm. and sometimes it requires follow up. I had to follow up with someone today who got some bad information. And they were offended, so I had to fix that. Even though I was not the offender, they thought I was. So I had to, I had to fix that, right? And so, fixing that, reaching out to that person, solving that problem, that was better. Mm-hmm. And I think those are things that we can do: is address our problem right away if we can. Yeah. deal deal with it, right? Yeah. If you if you're like, well, I'm not dealing with this, and I'll deal with it tomorrow. I think that's a bad mindset to have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't have that option. Like I I I need to have this conversation with this person tomorrow because. You know, if it's a work issue, you're not going to call your coworker at 9 o'clock at night when they're watching Netflix and say, hey, this thing we had today. I I don't think that's a good thing to do either. No, we agree. Um, But not running away from our problems, not hiding from them, and not having a victim mentality, those are all positive developments that I think we can
1: take control of without being controlling, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Reminds me of the great... Chuck Swindoll line, life is 10% what happens and 90% how you respond to it. <laughs> yeah, I it's, love that quote. It's so true. So good. That is that is a good one. Yeah. And it's really, I think it's very true. It is. Honestly. It is. Let's take a little break. Dr. Andy Skuttinga is my guest. He's a uh, psychology professor at North Central University right here in downtown Minneapolis. I always love talking to Andy. We'll be right back. This is a special fundraising Encore presentation. You can give at MyFaithRadio.com. Welcome back. Dr. Andy Skuttinga is my guest. He is a psychology professor, so you teach psychology. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Four classes every semester. Yeah? Nice. I love it. Give me the title of one of the classes. Psychopathology. Did you pronounce that right? I did. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. I thought I was going to give you a second chance if you mispronounced yeah. It's a, it. Yeah. Uh, because it sounded like you did. Psychopathology. Psy- okay. What does that mean?
2: Or it's um, a lot of schools used to call it abnormal psychology. Oh, yeah. I, I know that part. But that's not pleasant to say anymore. Really? Not, yeah. You don't really it- say abnormal psychology because then if you say, well, you are, you are depressed, so you're abnormal. Well, oh. nobody feels good when you say that. When you say you have a pathology, then it seems a little bit more clinical and I guess more pleasant. Either way, if you have clinical depression, you have clinical depression and nobody goes around saying, what kind of psychopathology do you have? That's true. So, you know, it's like saying biology, right? Or or like, you know, microbiology. It's a subject and it needs to have a name. So Mm -hmm. I teach theories and techniques of counseling, um, general psychology
1: and lifespan development this Mm. semester. I like that. I do too. It sounds very interesting. We are uh, ch- chatting today about when you have a bad day, and hopefully you don't have a lot of them, but when you do, um, how challenging it can be. You can go to a bad place. Um, mm-hmm. You can be difficult to be around. And then it's sometimes very challenging for loved ones to come to you and say, how can I help you? Uh, yeah. I think during the break you talked about a very helpful thing. I think you said something to the effect, correct me, but what do you need? Yeah. Yeah, I I think. Excuse me. No, we have a cough button. Yeah, as soon as I did that,
2: I thought I forgot the cough button. That's okay. Another behind the behind the scenes number four twenty seven. There is a cough button (laughs) in the studio, and I forgot it. Yeah, you know, when you don't know what to do for somebody, but you know they're in distress, or you Mm -hmm. know they're they're anxious, or not feeling good, and if you don't know them super well, but you know them well enough that you you can help them, I think it's a great. Thing, to just go to somebody and say, "Hey, how how can I help you? Yeah. What do you what do you need?" Instead of assuming you need a hug, see, I told <laughs> yeah. you, I knew we we're going to get back to this hugging thing, right? Yeah. Not everybody likes I to was be touched. We Not everybody yeah. likes to be hugged. And some people they mean so well, right? Oh, come here, just give me a let me give you a hug, and I'm like, no, I don't want you to hug me. That exacerbates how I feel. I don't want you to do that. So it's important for us to say. Do you, would you like a hug? Mm -hmm. And then give people a space to say no thanks. Yeah, right. Do you, do you want to talk about, do you want to talk about it? That's a common, I mean, you hear that in like rom coms, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Well, but you have to mean it. (laughs) And you never say something like that to somebody unless you mean it. Because if you say, do you want to talk about it? And they're like, yeah, can I tell you about what's going on in my marriage? You're like, well, ah, I got to be in a meeting in 10 minutes. Okay, then don't, don't offer that. Only offer things you can give at the time. Mm hmm. But ask them what they need instead yeah. of assuming. When we assume, we get into trouble.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if you are a hugger, don't wear a lot of cologne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a one
2: square a guy cologne wearer. Really? Yep. Because yeah. if, you, if you can't smell <laughs> your cologne anymore, don't put more on. We all can smell it. We all can smell it. It's totally true. Because you get used to things like that, right? Yeah.
1: It's habituation. Yeah, right, right. Uh, it's funny. So, um, Andy, you've, you've had a bad day, and I have appreciated you sharing it with me. I would guess to say you're in a better place right now. Oh, yeah. I'm in a way better place. Yeah,
2: Because uh, there's still some residual things that I will have to deal with mm-hmm. tomorrow. But, again, most of the stuff has, has been taken care of. And I'm going to go home, and after I eat, I'm going to listen to three high schoolers give speeches for their online class they have to give speeches so we're hosting them all and having them over oh, i don't have the luxury of going home and stewing over my bad day because my son and his friends and the rest of my family they they need me to come home and be a normal person and mm-hmm. just go back to my my normal you know homeostasis right what i what i normally am and i think we have to be cognizant of how our emotions and how our affect you know, what we present to the people around us. We have to be careful with that and understand that we can have a significant impact on the people around us just by wearing our emotions on our face and on, in our body language. Mm-hmm. And that can have a detrimental effect on everyone else around you. So we, we always have to be cognizant of of that as well when we're having a bad
1: day. Mm-hmm. And if you have had a bad day, know and understand that we care about you. We love you and God loves you and we are we were talking Andy and I were talking earlier about passage out of Philippians chapter four. It says starting in verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving which I love that part mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. Sometimes people go to God angrily. Right. Oh, totally. Their, their their heart is not full of thanksgiving. They're they're going to God with their request, but they've got an attitude. Right. So, go easy with, to do. Go with thanksgiving and present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And verse eight says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So if you've had a bad day, think about what is true. Think about what is noble. Think about what is right. Think about what is pure. Think about what is lovely and what is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, remind yourself of those things. We all have plenty Of stuff to put in that bucket. Yes.
2: Even if your life is generally pretty miserable, we still have things that we can put into that
1: good stuff bucket. Mm -hmm. And we look at what happened in the news today in the world, in Ukraine, and you see all the the tension that's going on and the bombs that are going off and everything else. It's very disconcerting. And Mm -hmm. you feel like what is going on and what is going to happen. And the nice thing is God is sovereign he is on the throne. Absolutely. So even if you've had a bad day, uh there's always tomorrow.
2: There's tonight. Better yet, there's tonight. I mean, you don't I mean, a lot there's probably a lot of people listening in their car right now. And a great thing to do on your way home is just let that stuff from your work day just kind of wash off. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you 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 can envision yourself like the ride home is like a car wash. As you're driving back home, you're going through the brushes, you're going through the soap, you're going through the spot-free rinse, which I, I think is really a myth. I don't think that's real. Yeah, I don't think you should pay for that. No, I don't, I don't either. Carbo- I don't think it... Yeah, yeah seriously, wax, you're going to yeah. wax your windows? That, I'm sorry, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, that aside, uh, you're you're in a conventional car wash. All right. But on you your way home...
1: You, you haven't overpaid for it. Okay, right. Okay, go ahead. Amy. Yeah, You haven't. Yeah, o- yeah it's yeah. a good deal, right? Yeah. You got a coupon
2: or something like that. That's, that's very... Yeah, okay. So, it's... You let those things go. Go as you go home. Now, if you have a two minute commute, you have got to have to do it fast. But most of us don't drive two minutes home from yeah. work. And we're not, we have time to process the bad in our day. But it's, you know, you can also think about the good things that happen and realize that, again, that was at work and I'm going home. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bring work home. You don't mm-hmm. have to bring the anxiety home. You don't have to do that kind of stuff. And yeah. sometimes that's really easy to say and really hard to do. But if we, again, if we develop a practice mindset around that, if every day when you leave your job and it's been hard or it's been difficult, if you think about how in the car, how can I kind of let that wash off of me on my way home? You will begin to see the benefits of thinking that way. Mm -hmm. Because if you change your thinking patterns, you you change your behaviors and you change a a lot of things in your life.
1: And Andy, I want to be super sensitive to people who have, Who've received earth shattering news today. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying, hey, this is a bad day, you know, rinse it off on the No, normal. no. Obviously we want to be super sensitive to people who have received really difficult news today. Yeah. Um life changing stuff. Yeah. And I always want to be super sensitive. It's just very careful with what I say. Oh,
2: I, I think that's yeah. I think that's incredibly important. There's you know, there's gradations of these things, right? My bad day of forgetting a few things and and having you know a dead car battery. That's those are mild troubles mm-hmm. in life, right? But if you if you have a death in the family or someone's come down with a very significant serious illness, yeah. that's not something you can just wash off in an hour. Of course that's not that's something you can just feel good away. You know, that's something that's going to be with you for a while. Um, and yet, the Bible still tells us those same things, right? Do not be anxious. Do not be fearful. Mm-hmm. For I am, I am with you, yeah. and whether it's God's will that that person recovers or not is another thing. But God is still with us for all of that, and so I, yeah, I, I think it's really wise for us to be, you know, cognizant of the fact that there's different levels of bad day, yeah, there and is bad month and bad year, and yeah. and we have to, we absolutely have to be sensitive yeah. to
1: them. And I appreciate you tuning into the show. I always hope that you're going to have some drive home repair time for your spirit, uh in your in your heart that you hear something from God's word uh that you can feel uh rejoicing about, you can you can feel excited about God, uh what he's doing in your life. I always pray for that. So I appreciate you spending time with me today, Andy, and I'm glad your day is better. Thanks. Because you when you walked in you said I've had a rotten day. <laughs> yeah. But it's good now. Yeah it is good. All right, thank you uh, so much for listening today. Thank you for supporting Faith Radio. I am looking forward to spending time tomorrow with you as well. I hope you have a wonderful night, and I hope you rest well. I hope God gives you that sleep you need, and when you wake up tomorrow, that you've got a new day ahead, and your your spirit is one that says, I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm going to live for the Lord, I'm going to serve Him in every way. Have a great night, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow.